Welcome to the You Hear Big Girls podcast. Uh, my name is Luna. And I'm Mom Taku. This month, we're excited to have Attack on Mom Life as our guest. She's been reporting on SNK events and merchandise for the last year in Japan. And on a personal note, I was excited to spend a day with her in Tokyo last October. So now I'm excited to have her as our guest. We can't have two moms on this podcast. So I don't know, should we call you Attack on Mom Life? Or how can we, what can we refer to you as in this podcast? You can call me coffee because on what is this thing called Discord? <laughs> Discord. I think that's what a lot of people go by. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast, and I look forward to it every month. This month, I'm kind of sad because I'm in it, so I know it's going to happen. So <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, we're very excited to have you on because um, we've also listened to some of your Disney podcasts. So you. Always sounds so excited, and I hope it rubs off on us. And also, I think I met you through the podcast, and、uh, you were invaluable in helping us get set up since you had that previous podcast experience. So,、uh, you're, you're partially why this podcast、uh, is off the ground and running. So, thank you for that. Oh, no, wait. You guys had already started. So, no, no, don't thank me. You, you were already、mm-hmm. doing it. We'll, we'll fight it out later. <laughs> so, chapter 116, what did you guys think? You know, I'm an Eden fan, right? So anytime Eden shows up in the comic, I'm happy. And he actually said words. Like he said things, know, and it、thought. wasn't just Glaric. <laughs> you know, Aaron's very scary right now. He's a very scary person. He's a little, he's a little crazy, maybe.、Um, I worry about his sanity. But、uh, yeah, he talked, and、um, he talked quite a bit. And we maybe saw some cracks again every once in a while. We've been seeing like little cracks in the facade, which is always kind of interesting. So I, w- I was pleased with it. I was really happy to see Peak actually, too, because she's been kind of mysterious. We don't know a lot about her. And we found out quite a bit this chapter, like both with what she said and how she acted. True, true. And I agree with you on,、uh, on Aaron and him being scary. I think、He's、the scary, scary part. Yeah, because in the past he was like this little angry boy, but it was just like this overwhelming emotion he couldn't stop. And now it's like this rational anger that I find personally find much more concerning to look at. So, but yeah, you're right. We know we saw, we saw some cracks this chapter that there's a little bit more to him than just the wrath bubbling underneath. And indeed, we got some backstory on Peak, but. I'm still kind of like in doubt if she was being truthful about that as well, or if that was part of the lie she was telling. What specifically, Luna?、Uh, the backstory with her father. Ah. Was that just to get Aaron to kind of trust her a little bit, or was that just, or was it, is it real? I mean, you always mix a little bit of truth with lies. I don't see why she would lie about that. And when we, when we saw her father, Uh, in the chapter, what was it? Was it Midnight Train or the one after that? I mean, maybe, maybe she embellished it, but it makes sense to me that her motivation would be to get him health care. I mean, people in my country similarly sell their souls to take care of things like that. So it seemed like a pretty realistic story to me. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's kind of like a very specific lie to tell if it is a lie, you know? Yeah, and Gabby was there. I think Gabby would be familiar with Peak's backstory and her family life. So she probably was honest about that. 
So this chapter was exactly what I wanted. Well, not exactly. I had hoped for a continuation of Aaron and Peek's story. And of course, we got that. I was also hoping for, I think, like everyone, some insight into what Aaron is actually thinking, which we did not get. And I'm at the point now where I feel like we're probably not going to get that. I, I, I honestly think at this point, whatever Aaron is going to do, he's going to do. And we're going to be left to determine if it was all worth it. I think Isayama might keep it vague. We may never get the what we're hoping for when it comes to understanding why and what the specifics of Aaron's mindset. And I, I hate to think that because that would feel very unsatisfying for me, but I just, I don't see how he's going to introduce it at this point. But I do agree that we saw the cracks again this month. And we asked the question in the poll about Aaron's feelings for Falco, because that's the scene people have been pointing to, to show that he did look sad. So we asked that of the fandom and 75% said that they do think that that was evidence of his care about Falco. You see, I think we are going to find out his perspective. And I think it's going to be pretty soon because my gut feeling is that this fight, whatever's going to happen, he is going to lose hard. And I think that's when the facade will crack and we'll get a little bit more insight. What would Aaron losing look like to you? I mean, they can't kill him. He's the protagonist. So to you, what would a loss be? Would it be the death of someone he cares about or what? I I made, okay, so my, my theory, I was talking to my husband. My husband's like, what is wrong with you? I told him, <laughs> he's going to get kidnapped again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think he, he is going to lose in, in some way. Either he's going to somehow get beat down and his friends are going to have to rescue him or maybe he will get kidnapped we don't know i'm gonna die if marley kidnaps <laughs> if it's aaron kidnapping 6.0 i will die as well like how many times can we recycle that storyline we're now at the headquarters right of like the jaegerists in shiganshina like, everyone is gathered there the prisoners are gathered there like you like floch and the others are still like trying like Floch is with Zeke and the other ones, the the Jaegerists that were with him are chasing Hanji and Levi for all we know at this point. But everyone else is located at the, the headquarters, I think. My guess is that Zeke and Flock, they're not going to waste their time chasing Hanji and Levi at this point. Levi's no, injured. No. He's not a threat to them. They're going to Aaron. Yes, they're they're going to. And, and Zeke doesn't care about Hanji and Levi at this point. Zeke hopefully has some pants on and is, you know, got horses, <laughs> uh, you know, they're on their way to Shiganshina and they'll be there soon. That this Zeke showing up is going to happen in the next chapter or two. I agree. I think Floch and, um, and Zeke are heading towards Aaron, but I don't think they will arrive in time. And I think maybe Marley will bump like the crap out of headquarters. And I don't know. I don't think everyone who's in there will survive. No, I was thinking about that as well. You've got the 104th, the Browse family, and Niccolo imprisoned underneath a Titan battle. That's not a good place to be. Falco and, and Niall are there as well. I'm not sure if Pixis is there, but I think so, probably. I also think Aaron is going to suffer. I think the contrast, that was what was so interesting to me this month, the contrast between Peak saying the words that Aaron used to say, I trust my friends, you know. Mm, my comrades, yeah. Yes, that's how, that was Aaron 1.0. That was Aaron of pre-time skip. And now to hear Peek parroting those words and also the fact that it's a callback to Liberia, you know, the air, the airships and, 
And it's just that this situation has changed. Aaron is literally all alone on the center of that parapet or that rooftop. And he he can't triumph this time. But I just don't know what a failure is going to look like for somebody with three Titan powers. I mean, I cannot imagine the 104 being on his side this time. Not that they will necessarily cooperate with Marley already. I don't think that's going to happen just yet. But I don't think they would necessarily help him out in this case. So well, we asked we asked that in the poll. Oh, I was shocked. Okay, let me scroll down to that response. So in the poll we asked, who among the SC, if any, do you think will eventually choose to side with Aaron? Now this isn't specific to this battle, but 56% believe Armin will join him, 55% think Jean will join him. On the other end of the scale, only 17% think that Connie Twenty uh, percent Hanji Levi. So the majority of the fandom at this point think that Armin and Jean will eventually join Aaron's side, which I'm having a hard time believing. Mika is the close one. She's at forty nine percent right now. I can see it. I can see John and um, Armin joining. Maybe Armin. Armin, we don't know yet, right? But John is very. He's been kind of like very uh collected and kind of like thinking things through so he he's unsure because he's kind of like in our position he doesn't know all the facts he doesn't know is Aaron doing you know what side is he really on he's kind of like thinking it out so I think if he is on their side he'll join him it's it's a big if though right and Armin you know we're going to talk about this later probably but he figured something out when he was when he was listening to Yelena. We don't know what he figured out. We don't know which way he's going with what he figured out, but he figured something out and it made him like cry hard, right? Did he cry or laugh? Maybe you can help enlighten us on this because I've heard three things. I've heard that one is that he sounded like Bertold, which like he was using language Bertold used. I've heard he was crying and I've heard he was laughing. But I think the takeaway from all of those is that his behavior was bizarre. Is that what you've gathered too? Yeah, and you could see the other characters looking at him like, what are you doing, Armin? Yeah. But if he was laughing, you know, he has snot coming out of his nose. <laughs> I mean, that's that's incredible acting if, he's, if he was laughing. And we know for a fact that Armin is not the best actor. We remember when he, was it chapter 77? where he's on the rooftop with Bertold and he tries telling the lie again about Annie and, you know, Bert saw right through it. Ar- Armin has tried acting in the past. He's cosplayed Historia a couple of times. He, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not his forte to be pulling off some grand charade. I, I actually do really like the theory that Armin recognized that there's no way Aaron is going along with that plan. Like, he may not know much about Aaron at this point, but he knows who Aaron is at his core. And euthanizing his entire race is not is not Aaron Yeager. No, I agree. I don't think that's that's Aaron's final plan. I think Armin and John are a bit closer to figuring out what's going on inside of Aaron's head. And they may be coming from a place of more understanding soon when they meet him again. That said, however, I don't think that they will side with him because of that. I think the decision to not side with him will be harder because of it. Okay, hear me on this. If, okay. if, Jean, if Jean had heard and seen Aaron in that moment with Armin and Mikasa, would he 
be feeling the same way. I mean, he has the luxury of not having been in that room. Yeah. Not hearing Aaron tell Mikasa he hated her, you know, not telling Armin that uh, he was being controlled. I mean, I think if any of them had been in that room, uh, maybe that's why they're not. Maybe plot bunnies need Gene to, you know, be on the fence here. Or maybe Gene, as always, is kind of our voice in all of this, like you were saying, Coffee. But I, I wonder if at any point he'll find out what happened in that room. I, I think I think even if he finds out, not seeing it, I think, is is the big, like, would change his mind. If he saw it, I think it, it's very possible he would think differently. But since he didn't see it, even if he hears it, he's hearing it without having been present in the situation. So he's still able to, like, think through it very logically, right? When you're when you are there, like the characters that are there, it's so uh, emotionally hard hitting for them, right? Because they they were so close that it, it um I think it it's it's too much for them to think through it logically at that time, and maybe even a little after. Maybe maybe now Armin's realized something, or maybe he thinks that Aaron has seriously lost it, and he's like, "That's it, we lost him completely." That could be the other reason why he's crying, right? So we don't know yet. Yeah. We did ask that in the poll. Why was Armin crying? And the number one answer at this point is that he realized Aaron would never agree with what Yelena said and was still on their side. That's 65%. I think that's a little optimistic. And I I do think when people take the polls, they're taking them with their hearts and with their wishful thinking. Absolutely. I, I voted for that. But I feel like it could be a different situation. We need insight. I'm tired of being in the dark. <laughs> That's the thing. We're all we're all in the dark, and it's very painful right now. Puppet made a really good comment. I think it was last podcast where he said that with basically all the mysteries of the world revealed. I mean, I remember for what thirty seven chapters, I wondered who the Beast Titan was. Eighty six chapters waiting for that basement. You know, all those mysteries are kind of in the open now. We know who Marley is. The only thing Isayama can hold over our head to keep us anxiously waiting the next chapter is character mysteries, what they're thinking. And that's why he's playing those uh, cards so close to his chest and keeping us in the dark, because that's what keeps us coming back. You know, what is Aaron thinking? Yeah, true. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Well, it's, it's both too, because we still don't know about this this girl, Ymir, right? Like it, when we look at the storybook, which one is Ymir? Is it is it the kind of Titan looking thing? Is it is it the other girl? Which one is is Chris? We don't we don't know that yet either. But he's he's kind of like you know Isayama's kind of like a magician. He likes to focus us somewhere else, and now we're so focused on these character mysteries that there's other stuff going on in the background that he's kind of like like pushing us away from. So I I think there is still story mystery as well. Well, why don't we jump into the story mystery that this chapter introduced, which was Aaron's statement about that woman and the fandom in Japan too, coffee. It's also the topic who Aaron meant when he said, I don't trust that woman or just like that woman. Yeah. So here's the thing. So in, in the Japanese, he says it, it's the thing is, it's so vague. I feel so bad for the translators when things like this happen. Because unless you consult with the author, you know, you don't know for sure. And even the Japanese fans are, are kind of on the fence about this. And the way I read it the first time, and my Japanese is not great, was I saw it as him referring to Peak, right? 
because uh, so basically um, he doesn't he do, you know he doesn't trust the person and he goes uh, and that and the way I read it was and that person doesn't trust me right it's 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 vice versa. I talked about this with Montaku yesterday and like with logic and like looking at the the grammar that the, uh, or like the words used in Japanese if we could deduct what was really meant. You can't because Yelena refers to Peak as this woman. So it would be really weird for Aaron to re then refer to Peak as that woman, in my opinion. Right. And, and I asked my husband, my, hu my husband's a native speaker, and yeah. he said, looking at the story panels, he would think that it's referring to Peak, but looking at the language, it could go either way. He could be referring to another woman. And, and I think if he's making it vague like that on purpose, it's most likely referring to someone. To someone, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's the same as that other woman. Like, she also doesn't trust Peak. Doesn't really make any sense because he only found out about Peak just, you know, a couple of minutes or I don't know how long ago. And he didn't really have the time to speak to anyone else, I think, about her. So we asked in the poll, who is the other woman that Aaron is saying he doesn't trust? And 30% at this point are saying Yelena. 23% Kiyomi, 20%, uh, I am not sure, but I think it's going to be important. So 20% of the fandom has no idea, but Isayama didn't accidentally do that. That was deliberate. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's Yelena, um, because why would he say that in front of her? Well, somebody suggested to me that he's throwing shade at her. I think he would have phrased it differently then. Like he would say, well, just like another woman I know or something. like. I think he was mm -hmm. talking about someone specifically and he was okay with disclosing that information to Yelena. Like, I think she knows who we referring to. That, that's what it seems like. She would know, right? And, and also, I think the throwing shade idea works a lot better in English than would in Japanese in this scene. It's surprising to me that most people picked Yelena in this question. Yeah, 30%. And then 23% um, Kiyomi, which I think is also a fair guess. Aaron does know Kiyomi, and he also knows mm -hmm. the port is um, south of Shiganshina. She's, she's there in the port in her, in her boat, apparently. And, you know, we've all kind of suspected, well, we haven't suspected. We've debated whether or not she's authentically what she appears to be or if there's more to the story. Since Kiyomi is one of Zeke's pawns, he might be referring to her. I mean, she's there to watch... The rumbling in Shiganshina, right? That's that's why Kiyomi is sticking around. My money is on Kiyomi. That's is it? But yeah, we'll have to wait and find out, I guess. Because how many women are there that he could be referring to, right? I, I think you're right. I think it's probably Kiyomi. Lady Tiber is like funny. Like it's. <laughs> I still think of all those comics of like people saying he's controlled by all the people he has eaten, all the shifters that are now controlling his mind. Okay, so you guys, here's a really, really out there idea. Do you think, and this could be maybe why we haven't had any focus on this, do you think he could be referring to Historia? Ooh. See, I wanted to say that. <laughs> I Why didn't I add that as an option? I should have added all the female characters. Oh, man. That would make the fandom go nuts because I don't know what percentage. I, In fact, I meant to ask it this month and didn't. What percentage of people think that Historia is on Aaron's side and vice versa? 
Yeah, because a lot of people assume that she's on his side or they're on each other's side. Maybe they're not. It's interesting. I still wonder how many people think Aaron is the baby daddy and therefore think that they're on each other's side. Because it would be far more interesting if, if his story is part of a bigger plan, but she's actually trying to screw over Zeke and therefore also Aaron. I'll tell you what. I do think there's going to be a huge reveal and a huge mystery surrounding Historia. I mean, we learned about her fate in, I think it was 107, right? So it's been nine chapters. It's been a while, yeah. Luna, look at me doing math. Nine months. Nine months, which can't be an accident. <laughs> and we're basically getting the same panel over and over and over. And my friend, Emmy, uh, referred to it as, you know, that feeling when your favorite character becomes a piece of furniture. I mean, she's clearly fused with the chair at this point. Um, <laughs> but it, when Isayama does this, it's for a reason. I mean, the last time we had the flashback over and over and over was Marcel being eaten. And of course, the big surprise of that was that it was Emir. That's how Emir got her life back. And so now we're having Historia in the chair over and over and over. And I just, I'm, there's a lot of possibilities I'm dreading and a lot of possibilities I'm excited about. It's just interesting whether or not, I think we need yeah. to ask that soon about whether or not people think Historia is on Aaron's side or not. Is um, she even alive at this point? Is she still breathing? Is she is she just looks like a doll super glued to a rocking chair. <laughs> she is a piece of furniture now. That's all she is nine months later. It's been nine months. Like the baby should be ready to come out. Come on. Mm -hmm. Shingeki I mean, time is magic though. It's yeah. been like what, three days? Well, it's been a <laughs> no. month. A month, a month since, since they got back. Ligurio, right? Maybe mm -hmm. a little over a month by now, but yeah. <sighs> Sometimes I really dislike this being a monthly manga. I I have disliked this being a monthly manga for five years. I've equated it to like <laughs> eating dinner through an eyedropper. It's just like you're hungry and you want food. And for five years, I have endured this <laughs> slow drip feed of a story that I just want to sit down and read. You know, I'm, I'm just so tired of this. I'm so done. But here I am five years later, waiting month to month. So you've been following the month to month for five years. More than five years. That is insane to me. Tell, yes, thank you very much. Thank you. It is absolutely insane. It's, I feel it, bad for I, the people who've almost been following this for 10 <sighs> years. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> I've been following since since the end of season two. And it is so, so painful. Hard. Horrible. So painful yes. Each month. Excruciating. And and when I started, I think um Ed and hadn't been in the manga <laughs> like months. And I'm like, where is he? <laughs> that was me the past couple of months. Where is Reiner? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Reiner. He's, well, he's back. Finally, finally. Oh yeah, but I, I remember when the one of Ford and especially Aaron were missing for all those months during the Marley arc, and I and everyone was complaining, and I was like, "No, I'm so happy. Reiner's getting more <laughs> focus." And now it's the other way around, and I feel really bad for making fun of everyone who was so upset because <laughs> I'm like complaining just as much and just as unhappy that. <laughs> We didn't get to see the warriors for so long. 
Well, my guy has been dead since chapter 84, and I'm here to tell you that it doesn't... You, I, I keep thinking because that... Because you don't shut up about him. Well, listen, like, listen. You're like a broken record when it comes listen, to Irwin. <laughs> listen, you think... Here's, here's my words of wisdom. You guys both have characters that you care about that are still alive, which is nice. There's a special agony to that. Um, I keep thinking the story will get easier. Like, you know, Isayama has hurt me already. He's done his absolute worst. He took the person that I cared about most. And somehow that should make it easier every month. I should care less because my guy's not there and Isayama can't hurt me anymore. And I'm here to tell you that's all lies, absolute lies. Like I, <laughs> it still hurts just as much every single month. He still manages to suck me into everything. And darn it if he didn't replace Urban with Reiner now. And now it's like, I'm in so much pain over Reiner. I just, I want Reiner to be okay. And I know he can't be. So I'm going to go through it all again. I'm going to go through all that pain again. And I'm just so mad at myself for ever picking up this manga. But here we are. Coffee, what do you think the end will be for Aaron? I don't know. It might not be good. <laughs> um, I hope, I hope, I don't know. I'm too hopeful. I'm hoping there'll be some happiness for the people who are left. I know that's not going to happen. It's probably going to be horrifying and terrible, but you know what? I love horror, so I'm kind of not too unokay with that. I think it's going to be bittersweet. It, it can't be a negative ending. It has to be. There has to be a glimmer of hope. But I do really think we'll be debating Aaron Yeager. You know, just trying to understand him and was it worth it? I think post time skip, he became far more interesting because. Yeah. Um, it was at first it was the plot moving him along and now he's like he is like the force behind the plot he is he's has some agency over what happens he is making the decisions or every decision revolves around him so he's become far more interesting as a protagonist coffee i have a question for you 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 love aaron you've loved aaron from the beginning yes do you still recognize aaron or like has isayama to me, it's like there's two different characters. There's pre-time skip Aaron, there's post-time skip. And aside from them looking similar, I don't see any commonalities. Like I had, I struggle very hard to see that boy, you know, that emotional boy who loved. I struggle finding him. Is it, as an Aaron fan, do you still see Aaron there? Has he managed to like warp and transform the character, but still make him feel the same to you or no? You know, I, I've been rereading the chapters and the Aaron right now is is even very different from the the Aaron in Liberia, right? Mm, yeah. Um, Hobo. Hobo Aaron versus Man Bun Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> but Aaron has always been like a little scary. And you see that with, you know, Mikasa and her headache flashbacks, that, that cabin scene, that's not normal, you know? Nine-year-olds typically don't shout profanities and bludgeon men to death. Yeah, there's something, and, and I will eventually, I'm sure, get an explanation for it, but he's never been like that, maybe mentally stable. Like, he has moments where he acts like a normal kid or teenager later, but um, there's also this uh, instability there, which is, is kind of, like, a very strange. And I, I think we'll probably get an explanation for it. I do think you're right. We have three Aaron's. We have Kid Aaron, we have um, Hobo Aaron, and Man Bun Aaron. So they do to you feel like sort of three different people. 
like, and people change as they age, but I think the same person that lately it seems like a different, but it's, it's also maybe a facade. So we don't know what the Aaron right now, if, if, if it is a facade, what he's really like, we don't know. But I think, I think that the connection is still there all the way through. It, it's just that we're in the dark about so much right now. So may, maybe, maybe that Aaron that has, uh, he cares about his friends and he, he has compassion for his friends. He's still there, but he's uh, throwing up a, a facade. Maybe, I think. Are you one of those people that think he's being controlled by something, by one of his Titan powers or else uh, something else? I don't think so but it's it's so un you know everything isayama does is so uncertain so it, it's very unclear so maybe but i feel like that's not the case what do you guys think hmm. i feel like i mean obviously you get a mother load of horrific memories dumped into your brain they change you as a person but i am one of those people that believes aaron always has agency I think that's been his character. Yeah, he's yeah, I think he so. is he is in control. Absolutely. He he may be being misled on points, but he's not being controlled by anything except his own will. And and I think he can be affected by the memories that he's received, but I think like you said that he is in control of his actions. Cuz remember he was in jail for a month in solitary, like a normal person in solitary. It kind of makes you like it, it, that's why it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a torture for a reason. It's considered torture, right? So I think someone in solitary for a month with just these uh, memories, right? It's not good for your mental health. On top of whatever he's going through, right? No, no. And I I wonder how much of a part the Lady Tiber's memories and you know all her predecessors' memories played a part in that. Sure, sure. But yeah, I agree. Like he's in control, and if he's not, I would be very disappointed because I do, I do find him interesting the way he's he's going about things. So if there was like this greater power or this other person controlling him, I think it would take away from that. But yeah. I do believe maybe maybe that like he is part of a, a plan, a, a greater plan that's been set in motion like years ago, maybe millennia ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's still, you know, he. Maybe he realizes he's part of that. Maybe he doesn't. But I, th- I think he still has his own will and can decide whichever way he wants to go. Yeah. I think that's the big mystery now is whether what we saw with the Amir Fritz and Paz, whether that has a conscience, a conscious, you know, if there's an intelligence behind what's happening there or whether or not there's someone pulling the strings cosmically or if Amir Fritz is just sort of an entity maybe not even one with a conscious, conscious, why can't I say that word, consciousness about her. Uh, I, I do look forward to that mystery. That's absolutely, that's like the big mystery, right? Like what, what is going on with that? To you 2000 years from now, that's the big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite thing about Isayama is he's not afraid of being patient and, you know, to keep the big, the, what we thought was the big mystery, a mystery for 86 chapters, but the real mystery, you know, what does it mean the two, to you 2,000 years from now? Who is that girl in chapter one? Yeah, we're at 116 chapters now, and I imagine that one will go through the end. That will be the end, I believe. It will come full circle, and then <laughs> we can all decide whether we love it or hate it. <laughs> 
it will become like Lost 2.0 or like the greatest thing we've ever read. Mm-hmm. Well, let's discuss some specifics about the chapter now. Looking back at chapter 116, the first thing we got was what the fandom had wanted most, that conversation between Aaron and Peek. And one thing I've been surprised by is disappointment that Peek did not join Aaron. A lot of people were expecting that they would join forces here. And I know last night in Andrew Allstar's Discord server, there was this raging debate of people who think that Peek was foolish not to join him. And another group shouting back equally enthusiastically, why would she? He destroyed her hometown. What about you guys? Were you disappointed? What were you expecting? Did you think that Peek was going to join Aaron? No, but I think I also read the spoilers already, so I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. So uh, that's the downside of spoilers. I wish I would have gotten this, the whole chapter at once, because then maybe would I have bought it? No, no, no. She she sold out Zeke first chance she got, and she's she's smart. She knows what's going on and what needs to happen. I don't think I would have bought it. No, I can't imagine. She's, I think she's, um, she knows how to play people very well, and she's quite intelligent. And I think Aaron was kind of feeling her out, like she knew he knew she wasn't to be trusted, but. He was like, well, maybe I can find the other like uh, warriors or anyone else from Marley who's hiding here if I kind of go along with her. Did any part of you think that this encounter would end with the warriors and Aaron siding together? No. <laughs> no. It, it just seems incredibly unlikely. I, I, I agree. Why... Why? No, it doesn't work. And then, you know, she talks about her dad in the flashback, right? Her dad was there. Her dad was there when when Aaron attacked uh, that area. We don't know if he's alive or not. He could have died in the attack. You know, we we don't know that information. So, you know, she has no, no reason to join up with him. The warriors at this point don't have a reason to join up with him. Uh, there could be some circumstances that come up that change that in the future. But at this point, I, I don't see it happening yet. If, if it's going to happen. I think the debate going on is that Aaron is fighting for the freedom of the Eldians and peak who's supposedly the smart, you know, always correct peak <laughs> is choosing to side with a government that has oppressed her. And that the warriors know now, they are very clear with the fact that their days are numbered as war machines. And here's their options, right? They have the option of staying with a government that has oppressed them. Or they have the option of joining this group of revolutionaries trying to restore Eldia. And it's pretty clear that they're sticking with the status quo. Or I don't see it as the status quo because I I see Magath as somebody who wants change. Right. I think that's the debate going on in the fandom right now. Well, like, look at it this way, too. If the status quo is something that they can maybe work with or work to change, and they understand it. But, you know, Aaron's side or Aaron's faction is very chaotic. And and there is no, there is no understanding there at all right now. Right? So it, it, it still... Even though I know that, yes, maybe they might wipe out the Eldians in the future. At this point, it's still, like you said, a might. 
Maggot, like you said, is, is maybe a little bit more forward thinking. We, we don't know yet the future and she doesn't know the future, but she does think things through. And I think it's probably, they're both enemies to her at this point. It's better to go with the enemy you understand versus the enemy you don't know. Because we as readers are privy to more information, right? Like right. peak for all she's concerned, like Pylades is trying to preserve themselves by killing everyone else. Mm-hmm. She doesn't see it as like, oh, we're uniting all Eldians. It's no. There's the Eldians inside of Paradis and the in- Eldians outside of Paradis. And the ones outside are also their enemies. Or, well, Paradis is enemies as far as she's concerned. So why would she side with Eren when he just killed everyone? And, and he's also re- behaving very erratically. He's like, you know, like, yeah, we're going up. I mean, I I would not side with him if I were her. He's he's kind of he's he's very um how do you say it? like he's very uh like out of control right now, right? From her perspective. In our perspective. I do think the bulk of the fandom agrees with us. In the poll when we asked about has your opinion on the following characters changed, Peak's favorability rating has shot through the roof. So most people are at least sympathetic to her whether or not they think she's making the right decision. So I, it is hard though. Like I find myself, I don't want to side with Marley. Marley, there's no defending what Marley did to the Eldians. They're right. a horrible and corrupt regime. It's, you know, I can't be like, woo, go Marley because Marley sucks. But I can't go, you know, yay, go Jaegerists either because they really suck. So mm-hmm. it's a horrible situation. And I just, I really found Peak's attitude refreshing. You know, she's not going to side with either government. She's going to go with the people she trusts. And the people she trusts are in those blimps right now. So, and it reminded me of the camaraderie that her panzer crew had for her. I mean, she was their hero. And, you know, Peak just is the kind of person I think that um, takes people as they are and trusts and judges them as individuals. And it, you know, that seems to fit what we know about her and how that panzer crew reacted to her in chapter the one where they um, were briefly imprisoned, would that have been 100 maybe? I'm not sure. But it just fits, it fits Peak as a character. And I just, I like her so much now. I, I, I'm one of those who just, I, she's my kind of girl, you know? I, I agree. And, and like you said, her relationship with the Panzer unit. And then for me, I, I, I also put on the, on the poll that my, my liking of her increased because that scene of her on the rooftop with Gabby, that like wordless. Oh my God. It was, Mm. it was like, so it was so touching. You know, Gabby has been in a state of terror, you know, she, she doesn't know what to think. And then her like reassuring her, holding her hand and and giving her that glance, like, look, it's, it's going to be okay. Like hang in there. You know, that, that really, it was very touching. I felt. I love that panel where she smiled at Gabby. I did. And then, like, she did the boss bitch move where she turned around and pointed at Aaron. It's like, you, you are the enemy. I love that. Oh, my God. She's amazing. I love, like, Peek went up in my book for this whole chapter. She was amazing. She really was. So what about the other uh, woman in the story, Yelena? I personally am liking her less and less because, like, there's so much crazy just... she cannot hold it in. She can't contain it. It's always just oozing out of her, just how insane she is. It's like, oh, Aaron and Zeke are these gods, and their name will be remembered for, like, eons to come. 
I'm like, oh my god, tone it down a little, girl. Tone it down. And then she just starts shooting people in the head, because why not? She... I do not trust her at all. It's, you know, the thing is, we don't... They say her motivation is that Zeke showed up and he saved her, right? But how do you go from that to, like, her level of, of, of like, just mania towards the Jaeger brothers. There's there again, I feel like there's information missing because she is really intense and I don't think there's any reason for her to be that intense. You know, so I feel like we're missing some information and I do not trust her one bit. I feel like we are seeing something the surface and under the surface there's more. I really liked how I was on um again on Andrew Allstar's web server, uh Discord server and uh Humble, one of the regulars there was talking about the whole cult leader cult following that mm-hmm. i mean zeke is a cult figure and yelena is a cult follower and and i i hadn't put it quite in those terms mentally so i did some google searching and was like reading about cult mindsets and she absolutely like it if i'm sure that's what isayama has modeled her on just that complete level of delusion worship I mean, it, it, the the way that uh, she enforces things. I mean, everything is very much kind of like classic cult going on. I wonder if she's from some sort of tribe or people that, you know, she was indoctrinated as a child that someday their savior would come and, you know, there was like a picture and he looked like Zeke or something. That would make a lot more sense to me, to be honest. There must be something why, she, like at first glance, she was like, oh my God, this amazing God. Yeah, like if culturally she was raised to believe in a savior or a messiah of some sort. It was interesting in the poll when we asked about character opinions changing. Yelena, for the most part, is unchanged. I mean, there was nothing about this interaction, you know, just completely blowing the brains off of Griyor. Uh, nothing about that that uh, swayed people either way. The um, You know, there was a, a, a faction of people, I think 300, who view her more favorably, 300 that view her less favorably, but the vast majority are unchanged. Uh, the same is true of Anyang Kapan as well, uh, which that surprises me. Let's talk about Anyang Kapan for a minute. Yes. What did you guys think? Were you, in the poll we asked, you know, has your opinion on him changed? 703 of the 1,200 respondents so far are unchanged. They're absolutely, there's a... The second contingency, 400, less favorable. But again, there, uh, I, I thought for sure his favorability would, would fall through the floor at this point, and it didn't. No, well, because if you look at the chapter, right, when they're, again, in that scene, it's, um, I feel like he might still be on their side. Because there's a moment where there's this kind of like dot, 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 and Yelena's looking at him. And then he replies, oh, you know, you guys should just do what you're supposed to do. I've been following you around and all this stuff. I, I feel like he was saying that as like a cover, maybe. Yeah, it you- could very well be. So I feel like it's still uncertain where he stands, but like he couldn't come out and say like, oh, no, I'm on your side when Yelena is standing next to him all trigger happy, right? That doesn't really work. Right. So he had to lie either way. Well, that would explain why people are unchanged at this point. I think maybe they're just as confused now as they were forever about. I think people want to like Anyon Kapan. They want yeah. him to be Team Survey Corps. But at this point, they're they're just waiting. It's still wait and see. Very much wait and see with him. 
So while the, I think the fandom is confused about Anyang Kapan, I felt really bad for Connie this month because this is like the next big betrayal. And Connie's one of those people who, you know, he's he's billed as being somebody who's not the brightest, but emotionally he's kind of the most connected. So, you know, him screaming at Anyang Kapan is just like, could this guy's day get any worse? I feel so bad for Connie. And also if we look at the poll results, like most people uh, haven't changed their opinion on him, but like, um, also a large part has said that they think of him more unfavorably. And I'm kind of surprised about that because like Connie has the biggest emotional intelligence, as she's always said, like he stops uh, Jean from asking Mikasa what happened between her and Aaron to prevent her from getting hurt even more. And he also, you know, he says things like they are and he calls Aaron out on what he's done and how what he's done is not very nice, to put it mildly. So I, I'm not sure if people are upset that he, he called Aaron out or if there's something else going on. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think you're right about maybe it's because he called Aaron out. But look at it. Look at it from Connie's point of view. Okay, we're the readers. We have all this information. Connie, his family was basically murdered hmm. by Aaron's brother, right? Now Aaron's acting like a psycho, <laughs> right? Lost Sasha. You know, the people around him have been poisoned with spinal fluid um, wine. And and this other guy is like, has betrayed them too. He thought they, they were friends, you know, so he is having a hellish time, you know, even more so than the, the other characters, I would say. He's lost so much so recently. Now, contrast that with Jean, Jean's favorability shot through the roof this chapter mm. 1000 of our 1200 respondents over a thousand uh named him best boy this chapter yeah like john is so clear-headed here he's he's kind of like the the male peak at this point right he's very clear-headed he's like let me find out this information let me question let me like pull out this information he's he's thinking about things logically he's he's not thinking about it like with passion so i think i think that's maybe why you know yeah, I, th I think that's true. And also, I don't think think that people really uh, care for the euthanasia plan. So the fact that he's poking holes in it means yeah, that... Yeah, because the plan know. makes no sense. Even if they continue... Okay, so this chapter was great because Jean asked the question I did. How is this sustainable and how do we keep everyone from trouncing us? And Yelena now has informed us that they do need to carry on two Titan powers into the future. My question now is, who's to say that those two Titan powers won't just undo what Zeke and Aaron did? Like, that's still now uh -huh. the hole in this that I'm seeing, you know? Yeah. So Historia's baby and whoever Aaron passes his power to, who's to say they just don't undo it? Exactly. Yeah, and the thing I'm thinking is, do we have another royal baby after Historia's baby? That's like, we have another 26 years of a founding Titan, or sorry, a Titan with royal blood, and then? What happens after those 26 It just years? makes no sense. None of this euthanasia plan makes sense. None of it. Because if they can't have babies, yeah, you're right. So we get 13 years with Historia, 13 years with a kid. What happens then if they can't have children? Yeah. Or do we like undo like the whole like scrambling of the eggs just for like the people with royal blood? I'm, I'm sure that would be possible, but still that's, I don't know. There's like so many holes in this plan that I'm like... I really liked what you said a few podcasts ago about how they could keep transferring the powers to the elderly. But in Historia's case, it has mm. to be someone with royal blood. It cannot uh, yeah. be random person. It has to be 
royal blood or else that Titan threat, they don't have any protection. You need two people, right? It's the found, the founding and uh, the, the other one, the royal blood. So you need to keep two lines going. Well, the founding Titan doesn't have need to have royal blood, needs to have someone of royal blood near. Yeah. Right. So Aaron's Titan could just be passed on to elderly people for the next hundred years. They don't, there's nothing special that needs to happen there. There's no blood connection. But Historia's, if she is the last royal and that line has to continue, then there has, it, it, then everything falls apart. Well, that's my point though. Is Zeke really concerned with them living like long, prosperous lives? No, right? He doesn't care. He's like, you can die. You can die now. You can die 80 years from now. I don't care. I just want all of you dead eventually. Yeah. How yeah. can Yelena not know this? Like, how can Yelena not see this gaping hole? She does, I think. She just, she's okay with it as well. She has to be. She's like, oh my God, whatever you say, Mr. Zeke's son, I love you so much. Do you agree with her? And I don't. There's a panel, I don't know what page it is. She says, please believe me, our true purpose is nothing so meaningless like revenge on Marley. Hmm. Anytime Yelena says, please believe me, because we know she's a liar, it's like, I'm not going to believe all she cares about. I, all she cares about is revenge on Marley. I, I, I will die on that. Mountain. Oh. I will die on it. Hmm. What I'm do you think? I'm not so certain. I, I'm, I'm in the middle. I really have no idea if she would mean that or not. That we have nothing, we see nothing that really makes me think she, she hates Marley or, that she really wants to execute revenge on them. She doesn't seem that vengeful. She just seems really obsessed with Zeke. That's like her main motivation. I don't know if there's a lot else going on inside that brain of hers, but that's just my two cents. 98% Zeke and 2%... 2% Aaron, like, yeah. <laughs> breathing and bodily functions and yeah, maybe. What about you, Coffee? I I feel like kind of going, talking about the, the East, C clan, I feel like they, like they, they don't expect the Eldians to kind of like die off into old age because they just need the land and the resources there, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that maybe there there is no expectation, like you said, that they are going to live off in, into this old age and die peacefully. So it's all a lie. I think it's a lie. I think it is. Maybe maybe it's also like the reason they are having Hisoya like reproduce and have like an, an heir for, with royal blood for to accept another Titan is to kind of make the Eldians go along with the plan. Yeah. Like it's easier it's to make people go along if they have some hope that things will be okay somewhat. Because if, the, if the, the goal is total destruction and... They would just let, like, the Marlians or the rest of the world just destroy Pylades. I'm sure there would be far more resistance to it. It's somewhat of an easier way to massacre them all. I really love Gene's panel where he says, and you think you've covered every angle with that? He's just like, <laughs> I mean, he he is so not convinced. And then, of course, Yelena's like, yeah. guarantees, absolutes, they don't exist. We're doing the best we can. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm just, I'm I'm. I love him so much. And he was such a such an amazing character this chapter, saying exactly I mean, he is me. He is me in this chapter. Everything he says is me. I saw a meme on Tumblr, the scene where um Niall is sitting across from Falco. It's like all these mm-hmm. men wearing armbands, and here's this little twelve year old kid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and everybody's like, What are you doing drinking the wine? Who's been uh, dosing yeah. this kid? Yeah, because it looks like he's like with 
in the same jails, like the higher ups of the army. He is. There's like this little 12 year old boy from Marley. <laughs> just stuck with them. Because why not? I mean, everyone does everyone in there know Falco's story? Or are they all thinking that somebody like slipped this this 12 year old a glass of Chardonnay? I mean, <laughs> like, oh, your parents got arrested for child abuse, like feeding alcohol to a minor. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. I am so worried about Niall. I have a huge soft spot for Niall, which is not shared by many in the fandom. And the building crumbling and, and you know, them here. And I, I, the battle is coming and I want everyone to live and I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, Marie and the kids will be sad, but they'll get over it if they live. Oh. <laughs> 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 Moving along, we have that great moment where Aaron is leading Peek to go point out the enemy, and mm-hmm. Porco is in the crowd of soldiers. Did you guys spot him while reading no. it for the first time? No. 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 Did you? you? No. Of course. You did? You saw- <laughs> I was like, that's my boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, it's Porco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love how this is the second time Peek and Porco have had like this charade moment. I think about, well, he didn't, he wasn't in on the first one where she sends a message to the Panzer unit and he's just like, huh? But this time he's actually like part of her planning, which is very cute to see. I love the expression on his face. He was like, uh. (laughs) Little sweat drop. Yeah. She's like, please take care of me. She's such a troll. She's a sweet, I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. I hate loving people because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It is going to hurt. I mean, I've made my peace. You know, I don't think that Reiner will live at the end, but I don't know. I I feel like he's gotten a bit more. I I, would have felt really, really bad about it if he had died during the Marley arc. So I think I'll be more at peace with it by the end of the story. So what do you guys think about Peek using the conversation about Falco to kind of get information from Aaron? What is she what is she trying to assume? I can't believe Aaron answered that. Like you idiot, no. I mean I'm glad, but you idiot. What what information is she going for there? Is she trying to understand the combination of the They don't really know what's going on with Zeke, right? But they have suspicions. And I think they're strengthened after his defection. So he's she's trying to kind of confirm that he has the royal blood and Aaron is playing coy and it's like, no, I have no idea why. And, and and she keeps asking him, you know, she keeps asking him, well, yeah. when are you going to use this power? When are you going to use the founding power? Are you going to do it now? And she, I think she knows, I think she, that he can't, he can't use it right now without Zeke for well, whatever that's the reason. Whole point, right? Yeah. Cause he has the founding types and they know that. So, and they know they can't use, he can't use the powers. But they still don't know Zeke is of Royal blood and that Royal yeah. blood is needed to activate the founding. That's the piece that peak is trying to squirrel out of Aaron. And I think she's, she's, she has a suspicion, but she doesn't know for sure. Yeah, I agree. Help remind me, um, last chapter when, uh, Reiner and Bert were telling uh, Zeke about what happened and about Aaron and his father, but also about him fist bumping with Dina. Were they aware who Dina was or not? Just Zeke? No, right? I don't think so either. I think Zeke put it together, but... Um, Do you think Reiner has put it together as well? 
Oh, I don't know. I mean, he would have to know the story of Zeke's parents to put it together. So he knows Grisha was there, but he'd have to also have an idea of Zeke's mom being like a royal. I can see that after the attack, maybe Magath would be a lot more open about maybe their family, about Zeke's family and what had happened. It looks to me like Zeke put it together on his own in his mm-hmm. monologue. He figures yeah. he just puts the whole story together. There must mom must have been a pure a pure titan who came into contact with Aaron. So it wasn't anything Burton Reiner said. It was Zeke's big brain putting it all together. Right, and, and I don't think Reiner would have the information to put those pieces together unless, like you said, Magus said something, which maybe he said something to peek about that. And maybe that's why she's trying to like suss out that information to confirm mm-hmm. it. Well, we, we know that, that there has to be some Royal blood in, or at least they have suspicions. And I think they know that it's not Grisha who is of Royal blood. Right. So then they would have to trace it back to the mother. Maybe they would still have pictures of her somewhere and they could be like, oh, yeah, she kind of looks like the that Titan that Aaron touched. Well, if the whole thing that about this is trying to figure out that Zeke's ability is royal blood, mm. then that makes his story important to the warriors now because uh-huh. she would be the antidote to that. So this mm-hmm. anything that brings Historia back in the story, this this um, if, if the warriors figure out that Historia is the only other person, uh, that could be interesting. I, I'm curious to see if uh, they will make it to Historia's farm. That would be an interesting rendezvous. Porco and Historia have to meet. They have to. There's no way the story ends without Porco and Historia meeting, right? They have to. It would be interesting because of the Emir connection, but do they have to meet? Yes. <laughs> I hope they do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Final answer. I just want to see Reiner and the Historia meet, kind of see. Oh, God, me too. That would be heartbreaking, I feel. Oh, my gosh, yes. A lot of people are talking about uh, Reiner and Armin's meeting being especially emotional as well. I, yeah. Reiner has oh. to live because we have to get the emotional oh, the reaction from his character. To mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and Armin's guilt as well. Armin already feels yeah. guilty about well, this. We seeing... haven't seen any reaction from Reiner, right, to Bertolt? None, so... none. Maybe yeah. Siama is saving it for for that reunion. I do think Reiner and Levi are going to die, right? But I think yeah. there's so much emotional payoff that can happen before they do that we have to live to get that pay that payoff, right? We have to see we have to get more with Emir and Historia. We have to get more with Bertold, Armin Reiner. We have to get more Reiner Aaron. I mean, all of that. There's just so much emotion there that needs to be exposed. Also, Ani. When? Annie, when? I really thought they would go and, you know, try to break out Annie first. But I don't think they have. Also, for the poll, who do you most hope to see next chapter? Where was Annie on that list? Was Annie not on the list or was she? She wasn't. Oops. See? Because you're not on the poll anymore to prove things for us. This is what you get. Uh, you you left. It's not like you were fired. I'm sorry. We forgot Annie. You can write it in. We okay. Well, we did ask who else will join the fight, and Annie was on mm-hmm. that list, and she 26%. was six percent. So 
I, I, we we sort of included mm-hmm. her. How can I think you you honestly thought more people would want to see Floch over Annie? I don't know. <laughs> I, I will. Okay. I, I wait. If I say this, I say this with appreciation, not to throw people under the bus. I was so not involved with this month's poll. Like I proved it, so it's my fault. And I added two questions, but Puppet, Reiko, and Heidi like did this whole thing. This. I feel really bad because I, I didn't mean to shirk my duty, but they were just like on fire this month. I think this is a great poll this month. I'm really proud of it, even forgetting Annie, but I get mm-hmm. no credit for it. And conversely, I will take the blame because I, I was in charge of proofing. So missing Annie was all me. But I read a theory that I love. You know, we, the whole question is, how's Annie going to come out? Can Porco release her without killing her? Mm. Maybe. Can Aaron release her with his ability to create crystals and dissolve them, that Warhammer Titan power? Maybe. Would Aaron do it? No, because Aaron doesn't need her. So how's Annie going to get out? And there's been theories now that that coordinate power, that when Aaron activates the coordinate power, that that will wake her up. And I really like that theory. Oh. Like she accidentally comes out. Yeah. She's off building sandcastles with Amir right now in pads, right? She's in this kind of state of... Of you know otherworldly consciousness in this physical stasis, while mentally she's probably in limbo, but accidentally coming out, I would love that. I'm just like, hmm, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I can see her waking up. Would she be able to break out of the crystal on her own, though? Does she have those powers? I mean, she made it, so I don't see why she can't unmake it. I don't. Well, to me, it's not that obvious. Well, okay, let's just say Aaron Aaron can unleash the wall titans using that power. Who's to say that wouldn't unleash Annie as well? Who knows? It's my favorite theory right now as far as how Annie rejoins. I mean, she could like just shift into like the female titan and maybe break the... She has to wake up first. What I'm saying is like that accidental opening of that coordinate power in 51 Mm -hmm. sent that jolt through all the shifters that were there. Mm -hmm. So Aaron and Zeke doing it again... And that's, that just sort of sets off the chemistry inside of Annie to wake up and come out. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. I like that so much better because we're all, you know, half the fandom is like, well, maybe Armin will touch her and let her out. And, Ugh. you know, will it be Aaron? <laughs> maybe Porco? Like, for it to be all accidental, just like, oops. I love it. And, and I don't see Porco biting her out of the crystal. I mean, I, I don't see her coming out of that alive if he does that yeah exactly if he does that it's to give her power to somebody else it's to turn her into a titan shifter uh-huh. smoothie and pour her down <laughs> someone else's throat uh-huh. that's the only way porco's getting her out yeah i like that idea the only one getting annie out of that crystal is annie and the only mm-hmm. way annie's gonna do it is if somebody pulls her out of sandcastle land and back into a present reality and that would have to be the coordinate power yes what do you think luna I I don't know if she can come out on her own and I still am I still think Porco could be able to claw her out very gently maybe but yeah gently <laughs> <laughs> his little teeth just gnawing on like a corn on the cob trying to I mm. but he, he can also use his his claws that also works so I mm, okay yeah no we saw him damage the the crystal okay. with his claws right yeah yeah so yeah yeah Okay. okay. Who knows? Okay. 
but like there's like a million and one possibilities now but she's coming out of the crystal right we're all in agreement on that like she has yes. to come out she yes she and what will she do when she comes out kick armin please oh <laughs> i don't know You're like, so mean i'm not mean but he just creeps me out whenever he's with Adi, like alone just like touching her <laughs> while she's asleep it gives me because my heart belongs 76% to Reiner Braun, I want her to come out just so he feels less guilty. I think that would be a really, like, um, kind of a, I think yeah. it would give him, like, incentives, you know? Again. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't have any feelings of the two of them together, I don't think they even like each other. Um, I just think it would go so far to absolving some of his guilt that he feels about everything, so. Yeah, I still like the cover of them as kids. You know, the one with um, Armin and Mikasa and Eren? Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. And then I see some of the episodes again from season one, and he was kind of mean to her. Like, really mean, considering. <laughs> but they went through so much together that they were close, you know? It's like brothers and sisters. You fight and you hate each other, but you love each other, you know? Oh, so much still to... To find out, to the left to be resolved. Oh, okay. Okay, so poll question, you guys. Is this the final battle? Is what's happening no. now the final? No. No. <laughs> Is this the final? <laughs> it could be. I mean, all the key players are there. Zeke's going to show up and that's it. Everybody's there, right? Except for Levi and Hanji. Uh, I feel like there's more. more there's coming. more popping. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we think this is going to be just be like a chapter or two battle? What do y'all think? Is this going to be like quick and easy? Mm. Something happens. Aaron is kidnapped. Uh, I don't know. How many chapters was the Liberio battle? Uh, 101 was the exploding, was Aaron coming out and they were back on the airship by 105. Don't quote me on that, but. Yeah, 105, I think, was the last chapter, like. The Zeppelin one, like they all flew off into the horizon. But we look at other recent battles like um, the, you know, we all thought Levi and Zeke was going to be more than a chapter. It was one chapter. Right. Mm, I could see it happen, but it depends. It depends who shows up, when they show up. It's so It's so hard to say. I think this is the final battle in the sense that this will keep, I, I don't know that there's going to be a final battle battle. Like I think the final is Aaron and Zeke uniting to do what they're going to do. Nobody able to stop them. And then Aaron throwing the curve. I mean, that's. Yeah, I agree. So I don't think that's going to happen in the next couple of chapters. I don't think Zeke will make it to Aaron just yet. This might be the final battle in the sense that it might be the last time we see the Titans fighting. I don't know. But I just like the basement reveal wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't anticlimactic. It wasn't what we were expecting. It was, oh, here's a book. You know, I think that the, the Aaron and Zeke joining together is probably going to be sort of that same sort of understated, significant but understated moment. And there's not going to be a lot of fireworks going on while it's happening. We're all just going to be like holding the edges of our seat, wondering what's going to happen. I don't know. Just a theory. No, he's, he's very good at giving us the unexpected. I, I don't, 
I don't think it's going to be what we're thinking. Yeah. I mean, I think about the reveal of Armin, of Reiner and Bertold. That was such a quiet moment. That was not in the way the anime put that together. Like Mm. all of these profound moments are never with explosions going on in the background. They're Mm. just these quiet. He's not afraid of just slowing the story down to like a, a standstill and letting our anxiety about nothing happening or, you know, mm-hmm. understated. I think it's going to be more understated than we're expecting. I think this could be the final battle if that's the case in the sense that it's the last time we see, you know, large scale destruction. That's a really good point. Unless the Titans come out, the wall Titans, in which case that's the final battle. <laughs> well, I can see them coming out, but would would they be able to fight them? If they come out and they they move inwards? Theoretically, they don't have to because Aaron can control them. Only with when he's touching Zeke. Right. Or Historia. Oh, there's so much uncertainty still. All right. So all that's left is you gushing about Reiner. I, I've done enough. I don't. <laughs> have, we, have we gushed enough about Reiner? I mean, there is never... Never enough, but coming from the heavens. <laughs> yeah. So Luna, I think I think the heavens was referring to Reiner mm-hmm. in all his beauty. Do you agree? <laughs> Reiner course. is the heavens. <laughs> Reiner was the, the 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 angel, like the coming down from the heavens. Mikael with his sword of justice striking down Lucifer, the fallen angel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. What are you hoping for next chapter? He needs to jump down and he needs to talk to Aaron. I want like a proper conversation. I don't want him on the floor begging. I don't think he will be, but like I want some action and I want some some conversation to happen between him and Aaron. Those are my two main wishes for next chapter. Coffee, do you have any theories on why Aaron looked sad last time he and Reiner talked and said... um you know, I'll see you later or whatever it was he said. Are you expecting any great Reiner Aaron moments? I think there has to be, right? There's there's so there's so much un, unfinished, right? I think he was sad. I think he was sad. I, I don't think he he wants to kill Reiner, but I, I think uh he's he's on whatever mission he is, uh I guess to to end the curse, right? That's kind of been his goal right he doesn't want people to inherit the powers anymore right and whatever he has to do to achieve that he's going to do and maybe that's why why he's sad about it maybe he will have to end up killing reiner or one of them will have to die at the other's hands and that's that's why maybe but i think he was he was sad about it It is it's gonna be that's that's the that's the comic right it's it's cruel and and beautiful <laughs> and totally up Isayama's alley. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The last page, though, with Reiner looking very calm and Aaron looking furious. That's a real shift. It, it's we have this setup a lot where we have a character on the left, character on the right, and you know the the battle's about to begin. And it's interesting to see Reiner being so confident. It's nice, you know. But Aaron just looks furious. And and I think that's why Aaron's going to lose. You know this battle. Yeah, because he's not in control. No, he he's too full of himself. He's furious. 
it, no, there's no way. I do like um, that one panel where you kind of see the shot of him like with, with his legs not off and then like still his shirt flying up and like showing off his abs. <laughs> like that just had to be in there this chapter, right? Like That was my was, favorite panel. It was totally necessary. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping next chapter that the shirt will be gone. It'll be live. <laughs> Will Zeke have a shirt next chapter? I, we hope he has pants. I just on, want him to have underwear any... on. That's just like my bare minimum. For <laughs> where, where is he going to get clothes? <laughs> I, I don't Not know. In the wilderness, like find a banana leaf know. or something. I don't know. <laughs> that would be amazing. Guys, I am cringing. I don't even want to think about it. Oh. He has to ride a horse. Okay. Well, this concludes our chapter discussion. <laughs> Let's move on. Thank you for joining us for our 116. <laughs> yeah, he can't ride a horse naked. No way. I mean, no, he can, wait, but like, can you imagine a rope burn? Let's... I guess he would heal as he rides. <laughs> that, would, that would keep the smoke rising up, right? If he's constantly chafing. <laughs> I do not need this image in my head. <laughs> So now that we've talked about our wishes for the next chapter, I think we've pretty much summed up everything that we needed to talk about as far as the manga is concerned. So we're going to take a really short break. And after the break, we'll be back with some news concerning Attack on Titan, but also some questions for our lovely guest, Coffee. See you after the break. Welcome back. We'll start with asking our guest Coffee about all the uh, Attack on Titan season three events she has attended in the past couple of weeks. The first one I want to talk about is the Area Q Cafe collaboration. Could you tell us a little bit about that? So, you know, Momtaku has had experience with some of these cafes before, right? Mm. Yes. And um, they're, not always <laughs> they're not always super positive. The cafe itself was great. The design was um, was was wonderful. I loved the cherry blossom viewing theme, and the decorations were really fantastic. The food design was good. You know, theme to the the new season, the the night before they leave, that kind of meal with the meat, and the goods were really great. I loved all the merchandise. The time was so so rushed. Like it felt like there was not time to do anything. How did they make you leave? Like, what was the deal? Like, did they give you how? Why? How did you? I mean, in in the United States, you get a table, you sit there as long as you want. Nobody's pushing you out the door. How? How? Yeah, they were pretty much pushing you out the door. So what? What it is is that you you do get your table. You're allowed to go in at a certain time, and then you have to do things at a certain time. So once you get there, the, the thing that really I think made it. Um, so time constrictive was that you had to line up to order and everybody lined up at the same time, which took forever. So then by the time you started to get things delivered to the table and then 
having time to eat, but then also having time to, you had a little puzzle that you had to solve and you had to find all the characters around the cafe and put all the little, uh, the, 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 the letters together to make the message to get the free stickers. Your shopping time was at a certain time. You, um, you had a time limit for the last order for the meal and you oh could not, order, no, and you couldn't order everything at the same time. So you could order one main dish and two drinks at a time. And then you would have to finish that before you lined up again, but there was no time to finish it. And then there was also the gotcha machine to get the little capsules with the, the pins, which was separate from the store. And then you had to, you had people running to the, get the change for that. And then people were doing that like as many times as they could. And the, the, the staff was rushing to refill it. And, and it was a fun idea, but it was so, so time, such a time crunch, you know? So how much time did you actually have to eat what you ordered? I didn't finish anything, which is good because I want to die. <laughs> I was like, I didn't finish the first dish. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go order something else anyway. <laughs> and I, ordered- That's, I think that was the biggest shock for me when I was there was the how not, I don't want to call the cafes disorganized, but how if you don't understand, if you don't speak Japanese, those cafes are not friendly places for you. Like you absolutely have to be with somebody who understands the language and understands the culture behind these cafes. You do. And if you don't, it's, it's just, it's almost undoable. And they did have like a sign in English explaining how to order, but that was it. So if you didn't know what was going on, you wouldn't know when they called your time to go get the merchandise. It would be kind of hard to do the puzzle. So it's, it's not very friendly for, for um, maybe tourists, right? And and this cafe in particular was just like so you had to be so organized like, like they give you thirty minutes early um, to go in and I didn't take advantage of that and I wish I had. So that's like the biggest tip. Yes, for anyone else going, just come early. Yeah, get a translator and come <laughs> early. <laughs> you know, don't worry about finishing the food too much because that's the other thing that they know that people want to order the food for the, you know, the coasters, because there's always coasters, right? And you want to get the character that you want. And then there's um, time to trade with other people. So you, you're talking, it's like a communal table. So you're talking with the people at your table and you're trading and like, oh, who's your favorite character? Who are you looking for? And there was very little time to do that. I managed to meet some really, really wonderful people. And um, some people behind us saw that I was an Eden fan and they gifted me the, the coasters that they had. And it would have been so much more pleasant if there was more time to interact with the other people as well. Now, I want to know about the demographic. What sort of people, I know what the experience was when I was there at Sweets Cafe. What, what is the demographic? Mostly women. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was curious what ages. They are mostly female. Because I, I think that was the most shocking thing to me when I was in Japan. You mentioned to me that the, the demographic for Attack on Titan is female. At least at the events that I've been to, yeah, it's, it's, you, you, and you saw too, it's, it's mostly female. Yeah. I would say like 20s until 40s, 50s, maybe. Like, um, so like not, not so many teenagers, although I, I, there were some girls that looked a bit younger, but around, around that age, but there were some moms there with their babies. There was, um, older women. There were some younger women. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I went to the the Anime Japan event and it was like a, a bit of a of a culture shock because that was the first event that I went to where there was a lot of men 
And the men as fans just seem more kind of neurotic and um, <laughs> stressed out, you know, and it was kind of uncomfortable, a, a little bit uncomfortable because I'm so used to the events with women. So that was a bit of a shock for me. Hey, you have to explain that. Was this your first time going to Anime Japan? It was because I only watched this show. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been in Japan for 11 years now, and this is the first time you've gotten caught up in an anime? Yes. How does this happen? How does this happen? And you know, the funny thing is that we know people in the industry. Like we know like a, a really famous director, um, Mr. Nagahama, who did Mushishi and um, Reflections. And we know some voice actors we've met, um, Maria Ise and um, Miss Doi, who does uh, Daisy Duck's voice and a bunch of other very famous voices. But we're, we're just, my, my son is also not that interested. He doesn't read that many comics. He read a little bit of One Piece. Um, he likes this, this comic with these girls in tanks, but we don't really, he's never really been that much into it. Well, he's still young. I think maybe it will come. What percentage of the population there is into anime and manga? I mean, it's got to be, I feel like there must be a lot of people where it's a secret hobby. <laughs> Because there's a lot of people at these events. But I don't know how many people are like into it, into it. Because it's, it's, it's like around, right? So it's on TV. It's um, like kids read the comics. But even my son, like in his class, he says people aren't like into it, into it. He wouldn't say like, oh, you know, he doesn't even want to talk to his friends about Shingeki. You know, he's like, mommy, I kept your secret. You know, so <laughs> even kids understand it's kind of like a, not a, a good hobby to advertise. You know what I mean? That's the thing about Jintama that always gets me is Jintoki always has to get shown and jump and everyone sort of makes fun of him for it because he's a grown man still reading comics. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a thing you do. You see, and when I go the comic every month i see i see other people in line you know other adults <laughs> and, and other you know, and and they might not look like fans but they are there's people buying it you know apparently a lot of people are buying it so they're out there even though i don't know anybody in my regular life there must be some people they right keep it on the down low like i think so but i can imagine like more people being casually into it. I think so. I think, I think for sure there's a lot of casual people. I wish I was casual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. My son knows it's not, it's not a healthy hobby. <laughs> mm -mm, mm -mm. I love like the hashtag you have in your Tumblr, like um, attack on my wallet. because that what it, that's what it feels like whenever I watch your blogs. Like, oh, it's so pretty. But so expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. So was the Shingeki um, at Anime Japan, was the Shingeki display popular? Did it seem like it was, um, is it a big deal over there? I, it looked like it. The booth was very crowded. There was like no point in the day where it wasn't crowded. Uh, there was people, it's hard to tell in pictures because everybody tries to get the uncrowded picture. But it was very hard to take photos because there were just so many people like crowding in. Like other other popular booths, the, um, you see a lot of this um, fake grand something. 
I don't know what it is. It's called like fake grand something, fake grand order or fake grand something. You see the one with the swords. There was a really cool booth for this um, this show, the the Madoka show. It had like this girl in like an upside down dress, which was beautiful. And they had like a live interview. So the booths themselves were really, really interesting. And um, but yeah, I, I would say Shingeki was, was seemed popular. Anything else on that one, Luna? I don't know if you wanted to ask about how the men were more neurotic or if we should better off dropping yeah, that one. I want to know what she means by neurotic because usually it's women who are more neurotic than men, I think. Women fans are kind of calm and like the guy fans are like very like kind of twitchy and, and pushy, you know, and it, it was just it was just like really uncomfortable. I'm like, OK, guy, just like chill out. It's a it's a diorama. Everyone's trying to enjoy Physically trying yeah. to move their way through the crowd, like I want to get yeah, what I want. Also, yeah, and they're also very um, unaware, more unaware of like how they're impacting the space around them. Like with that, if you're wearing a backpack and you're in a crowded area, it just makes sense to take it off. And it, it just seemed like the men seemed a bit more like uh, not socially conscious in in many ways. But that was just my experience maybe i just had a bad experience i'm gonna say that i feel the same way i go to a lot of anime cons in the united states and i think it's kind of the same way the women are <laughs> just say they seem more socially aware like yeah i'll leave it at that <laughs> now let's talk about the karaoke <laughs> event <laughs> so i didn't even know about the karaoke event yeah, what did, did you sing i get like tell me yeah okay. help us so. out so I was supposed to go with my son to the karaoke event. Mm -hmm. And then I saw that one spo had sold out overnight or something happened. Nothing was available on the website. So I'm like, no, we have to go to one spo now so we can get the folder. Okay. <laughs> let's clarify for people that don't know what one spo is. That's the Tokyo girls collection. There's a Tokyo girls collection event and Tokyo girls collection is an event where they, um, it's basically an event for fast fashion. So for, for young, young women, and um, things that are like really quick trends that'll get switched out. And, and what's really great about um, Tokyo Girls Collection is that you go to the collection and you can buy all the clothes immediately. So it's not like a fashion show where you go and then you have to wait to be um, released later. So it, it, it really is fast fashion. And there was a Shingeki no Kyojin collaboration. And um, not all of it is, is that wearable. There's a skirt with a, a print with the characters on it. And a lot of people are like, oh, but it's not wearable. I can't, where can I wear this? Um, but some of it was, and if you did phase one, you, you bought anything, you could get a, a clear folder with um, a mini poster inside. And then now there's phase two, which comes out on the 20th, where if you buy from that collection, you can get a tote bag, which I, I already pre-ordered. But my husband's such a good sport, you know? We, we got out in the morning. I'm like, we have to go, we have to go now. and he. He called for a taxi. And wow. um, yeah, Shibuya is not that close to my house. And so we went and we took a taxi and we made it before store open. And then everybody was at the entrance and we're like, but look, there's an elevator. So we, took, <laughs> we, we were pressing the button and we called it as soon as the button started working. And then we went up and we went first to the store and we bought it. And then we had a family meeting. And uh, like a family get together. And then after that, we did karaoke. And so my son was supposed to go with us, but he, he had a sleepover, so he couldn't come. And my husband hates karaoke. 
with like a deep passion. Aww. He absolutely can't stand it. And so we didn't sing. What? <laughs> it was really awkward. We didn't sing. Wait, 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 wait. Your husband went with you to the karaoke event, even though he hates karaoke because you wanted to go? Yes. He is I love him. I, I already loved him because I, I was able to meet him in October. And I, I yes. Wow. Okay. He's, he's wonderful. Okay. So go ahead. Sorry. He's so kind. Um, so what we did was we ordered all the drinks um, to get the, the little coasters because it's always about the stupid coasters. Which <laughs> when are you going to use the coasters? It doesn't make any Never. But I have a drawer full of them. Right. Where do, what do you do with them? Do you, do you display yeah. them? No. Oh, I no. do, but <laughs> I don't have that many. So yeah, you have like three. Yeah, so, so that's still fine. So okay. So anyway, we ordered all the drinks. We got Aaron. That's all I cared about. And then- oh, wait, <laughs> was it just you and your husband? Yes. <laughs> and ordered all the drinks. So there was like seven or eight <laughs> drinks, right? Uh, there was six drinks. Did you guys finish them all? Um, almost. <laughs> and you didn't sing. Either of you. We played the music in the background. (laughs) (laughs) We entered the contest. And then, you know, it's kind of interesting. Some of the songs don't have lyrics. And I'm like, what are you supposed to be singing to? And then in the middle of the song, there was like, like one or two lines in German. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just for this part. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So bizarre. And then some of them had animation. And some of them had this weird video of like, 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 for example, for barricades, it was this random guy walking on a beach (laughs) and (laughs) it was, it was fun. We had, we had a good time. Now, was it crowded? Was it packed or no? It was not packed. So gauging event popularity, it, it was not as popular as like the Area Q Cafe. No. And I, I kind of wonder that we went to was a special location because it kind of looks like one of the little houses in Shina. Ours is called Resort, and I think the other ones are not called Resort, so I kind of want to check another one um, if we go again. And um, it wasn't crowded at all, um, but I think I think that maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they did the collaboration to get people to come in because it's a very tiny little venue. And again, in the links, we will link to all of these events that you have attended so people can see your photographs and, and read your personal firsthand experience there. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, look in the links and we'll have some photographs there. So back to the Tokyo Girls Collection, what items did you buy? I, I none of it, like I, I think I might've bought the scarf. I thought the scarf was really pretty. What did you buy? Okay, the scarf is part of phase two, so you should get the tote bag. Oh, okay. And that comes out on the 20th. I bought, I pre-ordered that because it was the cheapest thing and I didn't want to buy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. I bought two tops. I bought the white Irwin top. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. Actually, the zipper sweater. The zipper sweater. I like it zipped up and it looks really nice, actually. Wow. It looked awful on Irwin. It looked horrible on Irwin. <laughs> yeah, right. So I was thinking, but it's the only thing that has the logo on it. And it, but it's very subtle, and I'm like, oh, we can wear it to USJ or something. They had it in white and black, right? They had it in white and black. I thought the white looked more summery, which would be when you would wear it. Mm. But the black also looked really cool. And then I got the Aaron top in the white as well. I liked Aaron's top. That I would wear. That was just kind of like a hoodie. Yeah, it, but I actually think Irwin's is more wearable than the Aaron one. 
it just looked so freaky in the art. Like we all were making fun of it. Like here, Irwin is um, wearing sweats <laughs> mm-hmm. and everyone else is all dressed up. He's wearing like his fancy sweatpants. He looked like a dad had gone into Hot Topic and uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's made so some cute. unfortunate choices. <laughs> I really loved Armin's skirt. Yeah, that that skirt was great. And I, I saw that one online. I actually really like it. I think it's one of those that you could get away with wearing. I, I looked at the sizing and then it said free, which means like one size fits all. And I was like, well, I'm a bit taller than the average Japanese girl. Like how much will it cover? I was wondering. Maybe not that much. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. mm, for the price and with shipping and import tax. It's a bit too expensive. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's her. not for the big no, girls. It's the- <laughs> we we big girls. Yeah, we we need to get the scarf. <laughs> you have to be really, really young to pull off the scar- the skirt. But it looks yeah. super cute. It was. And I was actually I really liked uh Mikasa's top as well, like with the um, the straps on it. But then it only came without the straps, I thought. Like I couldn't no, find it, it on the, the website. Hmm? Mikasa's the, the long skirt, right? No, the, yeah, and the top. She had like a white yeah, top or a shirt, t-shirt, and then with the, the straps, the black straps. The straps are attached to the skirt. Oh, huh, okay. So you would have to buy the skirt. I don't want the skirt. <laughs> I'm never going to wear that skirt in public, so. Yeah, I wish they had kept the original design, which was like the Wings of Freedom, because that's a lot less noticeable than a bunch of cartoon characters on the yeah. front of your skirt. The art of Levi, I, I, Levi with the off the shoulder jacket, like I just can't even, what, what the merchandising team does with Levi in every one of these just destroys me. Like, I think one of my friends, the joke was like, everyone is like act natural in Levi, you know, tilts his hips and tucks his knee and, you know, he just looks so flamboyant. It's ridiculous. Every time, every time with Levi. Every time. What's going on? So what events are coming up uh, with season three? I know the manga in, um, is it in Rapongi? The manga exhibit is starting soon. Yes. And then Universal Japan has announced a new exhibit. Yes. And I want to come. So please, <laughs> please, if I have, I want to have a midlife crisis like this summer and run off to Japan. So can you explain to aware. our listeners why you particularly want no. to visit that exhibit? Oh, because it's the last one that's Mm -hmm. the only reason Mm -hmm. okay no i want to go to the manga is it i want to go to the manga exhibit more than anything because i missed the last one and the last one was out of this world um so i want to go to that in roppongi and then i mean the universal japan would be cool it's not essential it would be cool (laughs) Mm -hmm. because there's a clonoid of Irwin that's going to be there they're having a private moment. Yes. Yes. It's Erwin and Levi enjoying a private moment before the return to Shiganshina. They're going to do clonoids, which immediately both fascinates and horrifies me because the last clonoids were bad. Armin's <laughs> especially was a nightmare. So if they make Erwin, uh, I might have to come. I we'll love see. it. Like you're going to see their private time, but like they're going to look completely deformed. The clonoids are never good, ever. Levi's is okay. What do you think? It's it's fine. Yeah, I did see it. I think it was okay. I'd, I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse. 
Coffee, you were not a fan of the series the last time they did it, so you have not seen the clonoids in person, have you? No, and we were at USJ during the Shingeki event, and we're like, let's do Godzilla. So we did Godzilla instead, which now I'm really sad about. The merchandise at the last USJ event was great. It was great. I went shopping for a friend, and I did not buy anything for because we were totally not into it at the time. And I'm like, what, who are these characters? What, which character does the person like? Because they were character specific. And I ended up getting her like um, some USJ, like just like a, with the logo, like a clipboard and, and some pens and stuff. But yeah, the merch now thinking back looked really great. And I wish I had gone shopping at that time. And now I'm preparing my wallet for this time. I have to figure out a way to, to be there. Five years I have earned seeing the last exhibit and seeing Erwin clonoid, unless it's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want pictures. I want videos. Okay. If you guys end up doing that. (laughs) No, you're coming. I'll come next year. I want to go to like the Marley anime cafe. You could catch the cafe too. But she wants the Marley characters. She's going to wait till next season. Oh, yeah. Right. And she's team Marley. Then maybe like there's also the Olympics going on. Yeah. And I could go to Tokyo Disney. You could. And, and I really like karaoke, just so you know. You know what? My son loves karaoke. Be in charge of that. Okay. Yeah, I'll babysit him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we move into um, the Anans? Okay. Uh, So, Coffee, on Tumblr, we got an Anon asking you, um, well, first of all, to thank you for sharing your adventures. And uh, Anon would like to know what spots or stores they shouldn't miss in Tokyo if they are looking for the best SNK merchandise, uh, figures especially, and they'll be going to Tokyo in November. Okay, so one of the things I recommend if you like um, Shingeki is to go to Ikebukuro because that has the most Mm. merch. And it's also the most reasonably priced merch, I find. So, um, of course, Anime is the, the main store. And so they have a lot of Shingeki goods. And that's where they also do all the events. So there's like a Wit Studios event. It'll be at that store. And then, okay, so there's this place called K-Books. But there's many, 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 many little shops of K-Books. And they move the Shingeki stuff around. And uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what surprised me about K-Books. It's not one location. There are like five of them and they're all within the same block and you don't know which one to go into. So you have to go into all of them. There's a map. There's a map and it'll tell you oh my God. <laughs> which store is which. And we actually went this week. And so we saw these girls looking at the map and I'm like, huh, I wonder why they're just like looking at the map so hard. And then we went into the store where Shingeki usually is, which was um, K-Books Select. And it wasn't there. They're like, oh no, what do we do? And so we asked the staff and they're like, oh, it's at this one. It's at the anime con. And we're like, okay. And then we had to go look at the map too. <laughs> and then we found it and it was on the second floor of that building. So the, the first floor is like historical stuff. And then the second floor was general. So if you go to K Books, there'll be a map. Ask them what building it's in. Right now it's in the anime con, but it can change. So watch out for that. But that has the most stuff. K-Books is stuff people have collected themselves and are reselling. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. They're all reselled, but they're they're good as new. And if they're not, the market on the packaging, like if Brad is like... I have a lot of like secondhand stuff from Japan and it's all like, it looks brand new. 
So Animate is new merchandise. Um, K-Books is for older merchandise. And I was surprised, like most of it was very affordable, but some of those, some of the stuff was like super expensive, I guess, depending on rarity. But yeah, K-Books is amazing. It's like a wonderland. And the figures are pretty good. I've seen Figmas there for around 5,000 yen, so like $50-ish. Um, so it's it's really, really great. Another place in Ikebukuro, it's called Animega. And uh, there's also a location in Shinjuku. And they're the ones that are doing the card event right now. And they also have a, goods that are original to that store as well. And those are new goods. Then everybody wants to go to Akihabara. But the problem with Akihabara is that it's so, so tourist-centric. Um, so I would avoid anything that's open on the main street because the prices there are ridiculous. I've seen figures going for like three times the price on the resale market or four times the price on the resale market. And it's insane. The prices in um, Radio Khan is really good. Those are pretty good. And those are also resale in the, what's, what's the store name? There's only one store right now that sells Shingeki. So ask for Shingeki and they'll tell you what floor it's on. And then there's a store called Liberty. And on the second story, they also have very good prices. And it's a, a little tiny shop, and that's right next to Rajokan. And then Suru, so like there's like a really big store chain called Suru Gaia. And that store, most of the stores were overpriced, but the main store, the brand new building, we found really, really good deals. We found um, a Kotobukiya figure of Eren uh, for, I think it was like 100. 140 or something like that and usually they're much more and it was complete unopened had all the pieces like my husband even like asked them to check because a lot of them are missing the little swords and stuff had everything uh so that's a really good shop and then um for figures also you could try nakano broadway which is also resale and i would know the prices ahead of time like see what they're going for online uh, as the resale prices and go from there and they that's like a mix of the different prices and but you have to spend a lot of time there because there's so many little shops do they have like a good selection of figures or is it only certain characters they have a lot of figures of it's it's a mix so you see like you see um you even see characters like mika sometimes like i took a picture of a mika figure that i saw the other day so it it depends what i noticed is with goods it seems like they come out in waves so you'll see like one thing come out, like I guess because the USJ event is starting soon. So you'll start like a wave of USJ things coming out. Or you'll see like certain um, like gacha boxes, those figures from the gacha boxes come out in waves as well. So you just have to kind of like keep an eye out. But there's a pretty good mix of characters. A lot of Mikasa, of course, Aaron and Levi. But you'll see different characters. I've seen Annie around, which is kind of rare. So you, you just have to really, it's, it's, like a, it's like a treasure hunt. So that kind of leads in. Vayar, of course, our good friend Vayar sent us a crazy mishmash of questions right now. But one of hers, I'll just break them apart because there's so many, was um, which character has the best merchandise? The main cast is all getting good merchandise. But is there any character that you would think gets like the best, the gold star treatment when it comes to merch? I think the most fun character is the Colossal Titan. Ah, mm. still. Okay. Because that's, that's always like the funny merch, right? So like back when they had the Tokyo Tower event, they had like, a, mm. like the meat sticks 
which was making up his face through the packaging. That that, <laughs> that his skits always tend to be really funny, you know. So whenever there's something like that, or when they do krill figures like for the collaboration like the restaurant collaboration you'll see him like creeping over like the restaurant or something so that his is always fun but you know aaron Irwin, levi i think always have the the most merch and probably the best merch mikasa too mikasa gets some love we've seen a little bit of historia but there's very little merch with her Something else Vayar asked on the same topic is how does seeing commercials with Levi selling cleaning products impact your life? He also gets fun merchandise when you consider the um, that aspect. You know, the thing is, you don't see the commercials, though. Like, I knew about it because it was online, and I went to the website. And if you follow the Attack Twitter, which I don't think a lot of people do, the, the detergent company, you'll see it on Twitter. But there, it wasn't on TV. And I saw it in Bisatsu magazine, I think, but you don't really see it anywhere unless you know it there. So when they did crossovers with like um, 7-Eleven, that's been a long, I think they did a crossover with 7-Eleven. It's, is it, it's, it's not necessarily something you're aware of unless you happen into the store and see it. Exactly. If you're following you it. stumble upon it. Yeah, you'll stumble upon it if you don't know what's happening. If you follow the comic and you every month, you'll see the advertisement. But like, for example, I go into 7-Eleven all the time and then there'll be like, um, like certain show collaborations. Like uh, I've seen like Yuri on Ice or what is it? Love Live or Sailor Moon or something like that. And it'll be there like in the candy section. And if you're a fan, you know about it and specifically to buy it. But if you're not a fan, you'll you'll end up seeing it. And, and maybe if you're buying candy anyway, like, wow, I might as well take a clear file because I can use it for something, maybe. And you might pick one up by chance. But I think the people that are following it know it's there. There's not like any, at least for this, like the last Lawson event, there was no big banners or anything. It was like these tiny little marks near the candy and stuff like that. Well, we're on Bayer's Ask. Let's go ahead and ask this other one. She wanted to know, how Irwin would feel in a typical Japanese house? Are they as small as people say? And I know you did, actually did some measurements on this. How would Irwin, what is he, six foot two? He's six foot two, eight, 188 centimeters. Um, and how would that work in a typical Japanese home? In a typical Japanese home, I think he might be a little uncomfortable. Doors tend to be about six foot five-ish. So that would give him a little bit of leeway, right? And then the ceiling is maybe on average about seven foot two. So he'd feel comfortable like walking around. Probably the doorways might feel a little cramped. Our apartment in particular has pretty high ceilings. So he would probably be okay in our apartment. So let me just scan by ours ask and see if there was anything else. Uh, she did ask some serious questions. But uh, I'm going to skip the serious ones. Um, <laughs> Luna, what color suits Reiner the best? Ah, I knew you were going to ask that. I thought about this and I'm like, do I go with my preferred color of choice? Which is like uh, a deep burgundy. Like I love deep burgundy like on men, like especially like with turtlenecks. I don't know. That's something that I really enjoy. But would it look good on him? I don't know. I don't know. 
In my fantasies, yes, but in, in reality, <laughs> I'm not sure. Coffee, what color would you reserve for Aaron if you had to choose? Oh, can we can only choose one color? One color. <laughs> black. I liked him wearing black in the last season. I did too. On Twitter, uh, our friend Polka from uh, Andrew All-Star Server mm-hmm. wanted us to do a quick fire round. So it's who's better. I will be the announcer. And okay. I'll call out two sets of people. And... And there's no thinking about it. Okay? You ready? I, uh, you, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Who's better, Aaron or Armin? Aaron. Uh, Aaron. I like Armin. Okay. Jean or Connie? Jean. John. Okay, I agree. Who's better, Flock or Yelena? Yelena. Yelena. Porco or Colt? Colt. Porco. Porco. Magath or Pixis? Pixis. Magath. Pixis. Okay, last one. I don't think there'll be any question here. Who's better, Zeke or Reiner? Reiner. <laughs> Zeke. Are you serious? I'm sorry. I'm serious. And we're at the end of the podcast, so we can't <laughs> kick you out. It's done. Seriously, you like Zeke better than Reiner? I don't. Okay, so it's our trip is over. Forget it. Wait, I'm not. I cut <laughs> out. I missed it. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What? I expect Poco will be happy with your answer. I think he loves Reiner too, but you know, the guys all love Zeke. What is going on here? Okay, so if I had to pick one to be my best friend, I would pick Reiner. But? But I think Zeke is a. The thing is, in in a way, they're both very close, right? They both um, were were raised kind of like in a, in in a similar environment and, and they've, they've killed a bunch of people. And uh, I, well, I, I guess Reiner is the better person because he regrets it. I don't think Zeke regrets it, but Zeke is, is I, I just find him very interesting. I'm shaking my head. I know you can't hear it, but I'm shaking my head. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you betrayed, Luna? Very much so. Yeah. Reiner's best boy. I mean, you have to but- drive me now. Reiner's <laughs> I love Reiner. I want Reiner to live more than Zeke. Is that, is that, does that help? Mm, not really. Oh. Kinda, but not really. <laughs> so, Coffee, we have enjoyed hearing about your adventures in Japan so much. And you've also generously offered to do a giveaway uh, with our listeners this month. And basically, Whomever is subscribed to us on Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, we're going to do a drawing. Would you remind us again what the prize is called? So it's like um, a capsule machine and the characters are little acrylic stands. They actually have a little hole at the top of their head. So if you want to put a strap or something, you can, but it doesn't come with one. And then the characters, you can see what they're thinking inside their head. There's like a little thought bubble. And we'll include a picture of those. So basically, for anyone who is subscribed to us, we'll do a randomized drawing, and uh, you, we will send one out to them. Is that is that what we're thinking? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's incredibly kind of you. But I, having met you, know that you're an incredibly kind person, very generous and kind. So, 
and we appreciate you. What time is it for you now? Like 1 a.m.? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> we appreciate Sorry. you um, being on the other side of the world and still being joining us for this podcast because with the time difference, I know this has been – nobody listening to you would know that it's 1 a.m. I take a low-carb energy drink, so. Uh, is that your secret? That's my secret. And coffee. And Aaron's abs. And Aaron's <laughs> – which, which you get every month. You get a dose every single month. She's <laughs> high on Aaron's abs. Keeps you going forever. Well, thank you for offering to sponsor uh, a giveaway for us. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will do too. If you'd like to support our podcast, if you enjoy listening to it, we have a Kofi and a Patreon. I'd like to take this moment to thank Kenny H for sponsoring us. We really appreciate it. And um, also you can support us by talking about it, tweeting about it, letting other people know about our podcast. As always, thank you for offering your hearts and your ears and see you next month. Bye. Bye. Um, coffee. Oh, I get to say bye too. Bye. Boy, Google's being slow. In case we ask the question about whether or not Aaron, let me find it. This month we asked, uh, it seemed to confirm that Aaron knew about the wine plot. Are you surprised? 85.5% said no, but they are all liars because chapter 111 poll, we asked, do you think Aaron is aware of the spiked wine? Only 25% said yes. So we're talking for... <laughs> Months. Receipts. Receipts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh brilliant. God. We got to bring that up. All right, let's get going. I'm excited. Okay, okay. Let's do it. <laughs>